What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and you guys are listening to episode... Oh, I'm sorry. Today is Monday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, and you guys are listening to episode 384. Uh, how the hell is everybody doing? Hope you guys did good in between shows. Uh, wanted to wait till Monday to do this one only because the holidays were, um, you know, Christmas um, Eve and all that stuff being on, on Monday and having it all at the beginning of the week. I knew you guys would be doing stuff. Plus I had a great, amazing podcast with, um, uh, Jerry Ferrara, shout out to, uh, to Jerry and, um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Gave you some extra time to listen to that one. Wanted to get this one in on Monday to keep the schedule going. And this happens to be new year's Eve. You'll get this early, um, so you'll either have this before your New Year's Eve party or right into the next year. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. Also had a um, Patreon out about the football game yesterday. I'll talk about that a little today. Did a Patreon. I'm going to do some more Patreons, but I have a big announcement um, that I'm going to obviously let all of you guys know. And of course, my Patreon listeners, we're going to be restructuring it and something really cool is going to happen. So thank you um, for uh, being on board with that. And uh, something really cool is going to be going on. We're working on that for 2019. But uh, this is the last show of 2018, guys. And then in a couple of days, I go to Europe uh, with Bill Burr. Don't know what to expect. I'm going to be going to um, Germany. I'm going to be going to uh, Estonia. I'm going to be going to Poland. I'm going to be going to Latvia. I'm going to be going to the Czech Republic, Austria. All of Eastern Europe we're hitting up. I do not know what the fuck to expect. I don't know what these people... I mean, everyone's like, just do your thing. You know, they speak English. There's a lot of people that travel. Like, just go do your thing. It's going to be great. And I'm like, okay, but um, I guess that's all I can do. I'm not going to pick up... I'm not going to get, you know, what is it, Rosetta Stone and uh, learn (laughs) how to speak German in the next, uh, you know, three days. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff and, and I don't know what to expect. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff on Instagram, social media. I'm going to be with Bill. He's going to have his equipment. So I'm sure we're going to be doing, um, podcasts together. You guys will be hearing, um, about that. But, um, yeah, instead, so normally, just so you guys know, I think I mentioned this to you guys before on the show. Uh, excuse me. Normally what happens, um, on New Year's Eve is you basically get more money to perform. It's like three times the pay. It's a big night. Uh, Places get packed out, and they want to see stand-up on New Year's Eve. Uh, So last year, I I did a couple shows in Albany. Um, You know, you get booked. And I said, not this year. You know, this year, I'm going to spend New Year's uh, Eve, New Year's Day. I'm going to be home. Before I go and fly overseas to Europe, I'm going to be home. And, um, I, I just, you know, want to hang out. There's no, I just need to be with family right now. I'm going to be away for basically the, the, the first half of the first half of January. I'm not going to be home. So I decided to do that. So last night was my last show and shout out to the comedy seller and the village underground and the fat black pussycat. Those are the three, uh, rooms, you know, all around the corner from each other. And, I mean, it was just packed out. I went in there thinking it was going to be light last night before New Year's Eve on a Sunday. Packed to the gills. I mean, unbelievable show. Unbelievable crowd. So I got to end on a really high note. 
um, the new year. Had such a great time on stage. Crowd loved it. I loved it. And uh, that's it. There's my dog barking. He sees something. By the way, I just saw two bobcats in my neighbor's yard. And one was big, and, and I think it's young was behind it. But, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen these things. This thing looked like a baby cheetah, you know, or a small cheetah. And then, like, a mini, mini cheetah behind it walking. I was like, holy shit. So Lloyd starts barking, and I'm thinking, here he goes again. He sees a horse or a fucking dog or a squirrel. And, no, he saw, like, it was, like, exotic-looking cats walking around. I was like, holy shit, I am in the woods. Um, but, anyway... So, uh, yeah, it was a great way to end last night and, um, you know, just, um, I'm looking back at the year and I'm like, what a year it was. And then you ask yourself, did you do everything that you wanted to do in the year? Everybody think about that. Did you do, what did you want to do? Cause everybody knows the, the new year's resolutions that you all start off having, right? You always start off with the you know, I'm going to either lose weight, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to go to the gym more, I'm going to go on a diet, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And sometimes people set unrealistic goals for themselves. But did you get something positive done? Did you reach a goal? You know, um, so anyway, I am making realistic goals this year and all things that I can control um, so I'm not going to sit here and bore you with what I'm going to do. You know, I went into a little bit more detail on certain things and goals on the Patreon. Um, but it's pretty much stuff that you guys know. I'm not trying to lie and do this and that. And, you know, I'm going to do yoga. I'm doing hot yoga twice a week. Okay. I'm going to eat vegetables four days out of the week. I'm going to, you know, it's like, don't, it's it's just not going to happen. You know, if I say to you right now, guys, I am not eating gummy bears or Starbursts or Twizzlers the whole year. I know in the summer when I'm, va- I'm on vacation or when my kids come home or on Halloween, I'm eating gummy bears. Okay, I'm eating gummy bears. The other night I got a little buzzed, you know, and I was in a supermarket. I grabbed a bag of gummy bears and I just like ate the whole thing quickly, like, I'm gonna eat, so I'm not gonna lie to myself, so don't lie to yourself, make it realistic, okay, here is a goal that I did not achieve this year, it was getting my picks to 500 on Capper Network, however, everybody, I still have a shot, and here's how, um, if I hit all of my playoffs, which I am, playoffs is my Playoffs is my wheelhouse. Playoffs is where playoffs, playoffs, playoffs is where I, you know, where I really think I, you know, I've watched everything, my gut feelings. This is where I hit home. I'm usually, you could ask Bill Burry, you could ask friends of mine, Giannis, they know. This is my time. This is my time to come back. Um, by the way, shout out to uh, Kelly Meyer. That's right, contributor to the show, the Shakespeare shit himself. Um, Kelly hit me up. He put on Facebook that he was at the top of the leaderboard and how much he loved Capper Network. What is Capper Network, you ask? Only the best new sponsor of the Verzi Effect, the best prediction sports website for when you have those dude-I-called-it moments. Guess what? You can go to CapperNetwork.com. 
You can sign up 100% for free on CapperNetwork.com. That's C-A-P-P-E-R Network.com. You get a profile. You make your predictions. You get a history. You get a ranking. You get to the leaderboard. People can buy advice from you when you start to crush it and move your way up the leaderboard so you can make money that way. You could also make money by going and seeing and picking who's on the leaderboard. You could also draft a capper team where you draft the best uh, handicappers on the site. This is for novice gamblers or experienced gamblers. Same thing, newer people to fantasy or people that have been doing fantasy football for a while, whatever. You can go to this and learn. If you're going to Las Vegas with your family once a year and you wish you knew more about NFL betting because you'd love to have a couple of cocktails and adult beverages while watching a football game that you have money on, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing, guess what? Capper Network will help you. They will show you who people are picking, what the latest lines are, why those people, you, the whole thing. It's amazing. So please sign up today. Uh, Kelly Meyer, uh, one of the Verzi Effect listeners, got to the top of the leaderboard. More people that I talk to um, are going to this site, and uh, they're always looking to add and do more stuff with the site. Um, so you guys, guys got to check out CapperNetwork.com. Sign up for free, uh, for free. Pick it. Prove it, profit. There's ways to make money. Like I said, they'll buy your advice. You could look at somebody else, what they're doing, and um, you know, based on their stuff. I mean, there are people on the leaderboard that are crushed. There are some people that you're like, wow, this person doesn't need a job. They could be a professional gambler. Um, so please check out that. And of course, guys, another sponsor of the show. I'd love for you to check out all things comedy. That's right. We broke records online for Comedy Central with Paul Verzi. I'll say this, and I was thrilled to be nominated with uh, in uh, in Terabangs, um, which is a stand-up comedy and all thing, basically all comedy type things. Uh, not all things comedy. You understand? I'm not going to get in trouble that way. But no, they are a uh, just a publication for comedy. They do album of the year. They do comedian of the year. They do comedy series of the all kinds of stuff. And I was nominated with. Uh, nine other amazing specials and comedians, and I was the only non-Netflix special. So you guys can still uh, subscribe today. Get uh, Comedy Central's um, app, and you could watch my thing. You could go online, ComedyCentral.com, and watch my special, also my website. But that was uh, the amazing work and production of All Things Comedy. Check out their uh, online, you know, clips and online content and albums and podcasts and follow them on uh, Twitter and all that stuff. So there you go. Um, was at the Giants game yesterday, guys. Okay. And I have to tell you, Cowboy fans are the worst. Now here's my thing. And here's my unacceptable. I'm going to give you guys an unacceptable. Um, I learned something and the older I get, the more I learn about people. Okay. Um, you guys know, if you know me, you like me, you like my show, you kind of know that I'm just not into that many people. Um, I would much rather have five people or six people at my house that I truly love for a smaller party and get together than like, oh, well, can I bring my neighbor? Well, he knows. And then this, and then all of a sudden you have 61 people at your house half of which you don't know, then there's always a couple of people that you don't like. You just can't stand. They don't know when to shut up. They, they talk in the wrong places. You're like, why is this person here? Or maybe not your house. Maybe you're at another party. Either way, you guys know I like to keep it close. Okay? I like to keep it close. I like my, I have a group of friends. Even with my fans and people that I talk to, like, 
I just, I have to kind of love you to like have a rapport or a relationship. It's just like, that's just the way it is. And, and maybe I could be a little more lenient with some people, but you got to learn about like intentions. And I've learned and I've found out about intentions. And here's what I've learned. When people do things, for example, when I was at the game yesterday, when I've been at games, okay, when I've been to Yankee games against the Red Sox, and there's that that group of friends who come to Yankee Stadium, come to the Bronx with bad intentions. They're not there to wear their Boston. Now, some are. I'm not talking about. There's obviously people that just want to represent their team, wear their jerseys. I'm sure there were some people with Cowboys stuff on last night at MetLife Stadium for the Giants game that just wanted to represent their Cowboy fans. They put their, uh, you know, sports apparel on and all that stuff, and they just want to enjoy the game and do that. But there are other people. And this is my unacceptable because it is not just in sports and it is not just... Um, you know, to in that world, it is in the world. It is in the real world. It it could be family members, their insecurities, all their shit. Here's what it is: there are certain people that you'll see at a Yankee game in Red Sox, and as soon as something goes right for the Red Sox, it could be one nothing, or the guy could get a triple, or something can happen. A guy can steal a base. As soon as something turns in their favor, what do they do? They stand up. They turn around and look at everybody that are Yankee fans. They put their hands up like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what we do. That's what I'm talking. And it's like their intention was that. They went to the game. They got up in the morning. They started drinking. And they went to the game going, I can't wait to be an asshole and get under people's skin. And for whatever reason. Maybe they, Now, these people either need to be punched in the face because they were Cowboy fans talking a lot of shit and the Giants all of a sudden went up by seven with two minutes left and they all started calming down and then you hear Giant fans going, yeah, so what was all that stuff? And they just went into their shell. And unfortunately, because that one D-back quit on us and sucked, they had this miraculous play and they ended up winning the game at the end 36-35. to 35. Nightmare, heartbreaking. And the respectful Cowboy fans just were like, yeah, they cheered and that was it. But there were other people, and I was just like, no, you know something? These people were doing this. These assholes were doing this from the beginning of the game. First thing that happened, just drinking, and it's the, their intentions are no good. So what's – and I don't know, for whatever reason, they want attention. Their mother or father didn't love them. They didn't get what they were supposed to need at home. All of those things, you know, and I've learned something. And I want to give a shout-out here to my dear friend Giannis Pappas. <clears throat> Giannis Pappas does something or says something to me that really resonated with me. And as I get older, and he said, we were talking about somebody who was just an asshole. Somebody that just couldn't help themselves. Somebody that was, and he just goes, ah, poor thing. Poor thing. That's the mentality I'm going with. Poor thing. Because listen, what are you going to do? I'm going to get up, turn around to some drunk guy yelling over us or holding a beer or whatever. But I got to tell you, I went to a Dallas Cowboys game against the Giants years ago when Bill Parcells was coaching the Cowboys. And I was sitting there with my first manager, Tony Camacho. Shout out to Tony Camacho, wherever he is. My first stand-up comedy manager. Tony Camacho has been in the game for a long time. He's represented some big people. Jim Brewer, he was actually a producer on um, 
Rodney Dangerfield's HBO specials, the the shows from Dangerfield's. Uh, <clears throat> Tony Camacho. I remember I heard rumors, or not rumors, I heard stories, I should say, like Martin Lawrence would be like knocking on Tony Camacho's door, begging him to represent him. And I guess that didn't work out great for Tony, the way that had that happened. But Tony was the first guy to believe in me. First guy to say that he thought I was pretty good and start putting me out. First guy to get me a date, which ultimately made me meet Bobby Kelly and Bill Burr uh, out in Montclair, New Jersey. And he's a big Giants fan. So Tony, I got tickets and I took Tony just to say thank you for everything. Thank you for believing in me. Uh, thank you for getting me and my family this money and introducing me to real comedy clubs and all that stuff. So I take him to a game and we're sitting there and there's a Dallas fan leaned over almost like touching him. And I had to turn around and go, hey, man, can you back up? And the guy backed up. But it was on purpose. It was a push thing. It was a push thing. Yesterday, there was somebody just trying to push, trying to yell, trying to scream, drinking, doing this, getting people upset to the point where other people turned around after the guy was gone for a while. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm back. You didn't think it. And it was just like, what am I going to do? Get up and knock this guy out. And I'm with my son and brother. What am I going to do? Am I going to get up? Because I easily could have got up and turned around and go like, listen, motherfucker, you guys haven't won shit since you were shitting in your diaper in the 90s, okay? I don't know how old you are in your 20s or whatever you are, but you were probably 10 years old the last time this awful, overrated, shitty team ever won anything. The Dallas Cowboys are one of the most overrated franchises ever. Everything was when shoulder pads were over their fucking helmets and it looked like your uncle could play. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, the last time they did anything was what, Deion Sanders? Give me a break. It's almost 2019. It's almost 2019. Relax. That's why I love Stephen A. Smith, and I love the way Stephen A. Smith talks about the Cowboys and says, win a playoff game. And I was so happy to talk to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, my job is so cool sometimes that I get to talk and meet these people because they go to comedy shows. They could be in the crowd at any show. You know, you just, it happens. I've performed in front of Bob Saget and John Stamos. I've performed in front of, you know, Chris Rock. I've performed in front, you just get these opportunities. And one night we're in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is there. And you know what I said to him? I said, one of the greatest things I ever saw was when you beat the Cowboys. And the Cowboys got this on them. I shouldn't say one of the greatest things I saw. Because I don't, like, hate other teams the way I love my team. So I shouldn't say that. But, like... A great thing that I saw, I just said, I loved how when you were in that playoff game against Dallas, you threw that pass out of bounds and then kicked a field goal to win, and that place filed out like a funeral. And you know what Aaron Rodgers said to me? He goes, yeah, I did it this year too, and he did. He went in there, and last minute he came and beat them too. And it's like, win a playoff game. Do something. But what am I going to do? I'm going to smack this kid in his face, you know, I'm going to put this, make this kid eat his fucking beer bottle, which I easily could have done. And I had a little bit, you know, I, I, I had a little angst in me yesterday. I was, I was, you know, I was there with my brother and two friends. I mean, my brother and my son and his friend. And we had an amazing time. So this guy yelling kind of made me, because we were just having such a great time, such a great day. But it's like, you know what? This guy's got to go back to his drunk life. This guy's got to go back to his shitty life with his shitty whatever. I saw his sneakers. I know what that guy, where that guy was living and what that guy was about. I just looked at his sneakers and I listened to his voice. And I was like, this guy's making like 21K a year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a, I don't know. But not that that should matter, but poor, poor thing. So shout out to Giannis. But, but what's unacceptable is the rise people want. And it all stems from drinking or a bad place. 
It really does. I'll tell you what I did see that I loved. Saquon Barkley turning into Superman from the five-yard line. And like my buddy Mike Cannon said, it looked like he space-jammed it. Remember in Space Jam when he just flew up? That's what it looked like. Saquon Barkley is an absolute freak of nature, everybody. We watched him have a 68-yard run, a 35-yard. The guy had like over 100 yards and like three carries. You know, not to mention blocking for Eli, not to mention catching the ball, not to mention being in the open field looking like he's going to get a loss because the defense figured out what he was doing. Then he puts a stiff arm out and makes this move that makes 70,000 people go nuts and finds a way to get four or five yards from nothing. I mean, the kid is flat out special. Uh, So we got to see that. Got to see him be uh, only the third NFL rookie in history to have 2,000 all-purpose yards in his first season. That means rushing, receiving, however he got them. Only three people that ever lived as a rookie uh, have 2,000 all-purpose yards their first year. He was one of them, and we got to see that. But unacceptable is just what I said. The intentions of these awful, shitty people just, you know, trying to get a rise. Do you want to fight, asshole? Is that what you want to do? When you wake up in the morning, are you putting on, you know, the opposing, I'm going to go in here, and if anybody, really... I swear to God, if you want to find the best and worst in people, go to an arch-rival sporting event and watch what happens and watch how some people behave. Screaming, cursing, yeah, get the fuck out of here, like talking like that. It's like, what are you talking about, you uneducated asshole? What are you talking about? I, I swear to God, I can't stand people. So I ask everybody on the Verzi effect, the same way I ask you to call people out for their unacceptable shit. Raise your children to not do this shit. It's the same way. You don't go to a comedy club and be disruptive and heckle because you want to be part of the show or you're a drunk asshole. You don't go to a game and try to cause a fight. I'm not saying don't cheer for your team. I'm not saying don't wear your team's jersey, although I wouldn't because I know what's going to happen. If I go to Dallas in a Giants jersey, I am already an asshole to those people. And it's a thing. Why would I even do that? That's the other thing. I question that. I really do. I question people. And I know some of you people are doing that. So this will be a part of the podcast. Wearing your team's jersey. Now, I'm not not saying don't do it. But I question it. Why would you do that? Think about that. Why would you do that knowing it? I met these nice people from Minnesota once when I was on the road in Cleveland. Had some drinks with them afterwards. Just hit it off with them. They were great people. They even came out to a show, I believe, uh, in Minnesota one night. We went out for drinks. Great people. Let's do Justin and his wife. Shout out. if I don't know if they're listening to this, but great people. And he told me something that made me sad. He said, oh, we came into New York and we went to a Yankee game and they had their Minnesota Twins shit on. And he had like this red hood or whatever. And like people are yelling, like calling him Little Red Riding Hood or whatever. And listen, maybe it's funny for a second. But like, that's that guy's experience. Do you know what I mean? That's that guy's memory. It's just like going in there thinking, oh, we're going to go to Yankee Stadium with our twin stuff on. And it's like, because people are going to be assholes. They're not going to let you. So there's two ways to look at it. A, I'm not going to let some asshole not make me wear my jersey. You know, but then the other way is like, why would I even want to put, don't I just want a good experience? I'll just sit here dressed in neutral colors. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. If I go to Fenway Park with my family, I'm not wearing Yankee shit. Because I don't want to deal with it. 
I don't. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want my wife or son or daughter to hear something yelled at and then I stand up or then somebody throws a peanut and somebody does this and it's like what? Those people need their fucking asses kicked. That should be part of the law. It's like, yeah, your honor, I did. I punched him in the face. However, uh, I was sitting down enjoying a game with my family and somebody on the other other fan base threw a peanut and then spilled beer on my eight-year-old. So I got up and I punched the guy in the face. And then he should just take the thing, bang it on the thing and go, okay, this case is dismissed. Guy was an asshole, got what he deserved, and then keep it moving. That's that's justice in the world. So those are my unacceptables. Spread the word on this episode, last episode of the year. Let's make 2019 a little better, everybody. Spread the word on TVE episode 384. Talk to your friends who want to go and do that. And then there's some people, I don't care, I want somebody to do it. I want, it's like, I'm I'm too old for that shit. I'm not, you know, I don't want that. I was dealing with this guy yelling in my ear last night, and I was just saying, you know what? I'm enjoying myself. I'm with my son, my brother, my son's friend who is so cool. We love him. We're having a great time. Why would I even, why would I even go there? You know, so question those people. Write in to me. Okay, I know that this will be great for the next one. Maybe I'll talk about this from my hotel room in Estonia or Germany or wherever the fuck I am next week. But write into me and have you been at a game in the opposing team's jersey and gotten shit for it? I'd also like you to write in, and you probably won't because I despise people like you and I'm imagining that I don't have fans like this. But if you were the dickhead to stand up and be a drunk asshole, And I bet anybody that writes in and says that's going to say, yeah, I used to drink too much and I used to be that and I'm not that anymore. But if you have any experience in what I'm talking about, write into the show and we will talk about it for sure. Um, Because it's, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Some people, there was a woman there crying. She was a Cowboys fan. And we knew something was a little wrong. Because her boyfriend had all this Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs thing on. I don't know if it's her boyfriend. It could have been her si- his sister or just like cousin who like wanted a good time out. And, you know, but I knew something was wrong because when like three cowboys came out, she was just going like, Wah! woo, yeah! She sounded like a dying goat. Or she would just be like, woo, yeah. Like she was doing all this weird, like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, she really cares. And then when the Giants scored, we caught her crying and punching the seat. And I was like, oh, she's like, has a, she's, she's like really fucked up. Like she's, there's definitely something mentally wrong with this person. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it gets to the point where it's like, you gotta, you gotta know the line and you gotta be able to, to figure it out. And, uh, I was able to, to not be, had I been drunk, I would have stood up. I would have said, you guys haven't won since the 90s. Shut up and sit down. He would have said something, and then it would have just been a stupid thing. You know? It would have been a stupid thing. So, And he's like, how are you not going to review that call? And then his girlfriend, who was a Giants fan, goes, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And I just looked over. I go, yeah, everything under two minutes gets reviewed. And he was just like, bullshit. And I just kind of smiled at him. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but, you know, whatever. Um... But speaking of writing into the show, let's get to your guys' last. Um, let's get to your guys' last write-ins of the year, and see what happened. I'll do as many as I can. I don't know how long this one's going to be. It is New Year's Eve, and uh, my family is uh, here. Uh, so, 
Let's see what's uh, what's going on. I got to tell my wife about that bobcat shit too. Gotta, I called my neighbor and I go, hey, Susan, I just so you know, uh, a big bobcat and it's young were walking like behind each other, like in your yard. And she was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, like you got to you got to watch that. All right. So here we go. What do you guys have? Uh, here we go. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from my buddy Bobby T. Um, let's see here. Hey, dude, I know I said Merry Christmas on your Instagram, but just want to reach out and send you an email. Hope your Christmas uh, was fantastic and may the new year bring nothing but great things to you and your family. Uh, this year brought a lot of positive things to my life and my family. I can't wait for 2019. Thanks again for the laughs and, of course, the world's best podcast. Happy New Year, Paul. Much love, Bobby T. Well, let me tell you something. As I said before, the way I even end with my fans who I interact with all the time, I, you know, I listen to the fan a lot in New York, uh, WFAN, the fan. Um, you know, like Mike Francesa, and I don't know if you guys know about it, but it's like they actually did a 30 for 30 for Mike and the Mad Dog and stuff. But the fan in New York is just a really, really big, um, you know, sports radio show that, that people listen to. And it's, they don't just talk New York, really knowledgeable about sports all over the place. And they always have their regular callers. They'll always have like, yeah, oh, this is, you know, I think uh, Mike from Montclair or this one from that. And every time you know, it's like the hosts know the callers and everything like that. Well, the Verzi effect has similar things. Um, you guys know Kelly Meyer writes in with his IBS stories, which started literally probably six, seven years ago. And um, it's just, he's just been a part of the show. And he's somebody like, I'll go and hang with Kelly. Kelly's a friend of mine now. You know, um, and same thing with, um, you know, Bobby T out in Atlanta. Just a good dude and uh, really supportive of everything that we've done. Um, and, and glad that the podcast or whatever helped him out and people reach out like that. So thank you so much. And, um, you know, hit me up when you come out to Atlanta, brother. Uh, here we go. This is, uh, this one is uh, true crime podcasts from Sean, uh, Davis. And I think he's just, I don't think this is an unacceptable either. This is just talking about the, the dirty John. Uh, hello, Mr. Verzi, longtime listener from Australia. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, love all your work and congratulations on a fantastic special. Thank you. I, listen, if you watched it from in Australia, let me know how, be, because that's one thing that we're having. Like I'm having a problem with people in Europe and Canada wanting to see the special, and it sounds like you saw it from Australia. So let me know about that. Uh, on a recent TVE, that's how little I know about the technology, and I talk to my team. I'm just like, how's it doing? And they're like, great. And then somebody's like, hey, how could I see this in Hungary? And I'm like, all right, I need somebody to tell me something. Anyway, on a recent TVE, you mentioned the Dirty John podcast, which I really enjoyed. Thank you. And please thank your neighbor. Uh, like you, I found it fascinating and it caused me to go down a bit of a rabbit hole on true crime podcasts. I, I found one called Bear Brook uh, on Laughable, which I think you will really enjoy. Absolutely fascinating. Hope you come to Australia in the near future, you can bank on one sold ticket. Blessings to you and your family. Take care, Sean. Sean, thank you so much. I'd love to come out there. There's a festival out there, and that's definitely something on the radar. And, you know, like I said, in comedy, you never know. It'd be like, oh, I've never been to Germany, and now I'm going to, like, most cities there. So I'm sure Australia is somewhere down the line, and I will definitely, um, you know, promote and plug that as well. Okay. 
This is from Adrian, and Adrian says, acceptable or unacceptable? Paulie, here is a question for you. Is it acceptable for open micers to call themselves comedians? That's a great question. Um, what if they call themselves amateur comedians since they don't get paid for it? Is that acceptable? Or can someone only be called a comedian when they actually do it for a living, which means getting paid for it? I love to hear your insight, and thanks again for the podcast and everything you do, brother. Well, <clears throat> first of all, Adrian... That is an excellent, excellent question and definitely seems like it's coming from uh, one or a group of people who started this and had a debate on it. Um, so I will answer it this way. If you did an open mic once, then obviously you're not a comedian. If you do multiple open mics a week, I still wouldn't say that you are a comedian if it's new. Do you know what I mean? I think what you would say is, oh, I started to dabble in stand-up. You know, I'm trying it out. We'll see where it goes. I don't think you could do it. However, if you start to go months where it's a part of your everyday thing and you see improvements and people want you on their shows and then they say, oh, come down. And, you know, yeah, I would say, you know, look, first time I ever did an open mic, the first time I ever touched a microphone and did an open mic was 99. So that's literally almost 20 years ago. However, after I did that, weeks and weeks went by, you know, and then I did a contest and then weeks go by. So no, I wasn't a comedian in 1999. I was just fucking around with it and I would go to like a new, t and then start to, and then it started to build. So I think it probably takes some time to, um, to kind of get it, you know, I think, and you know what, here's another thing. I guess the best way to answer this question, and, and again, it, it is a cool question for the show. Um, I feel like you'll know. You'll know. You'll know when you're killing them on a nightly basis. You'll know when you're requested or even as an amateur. But I, I like, yeah, I like saying, hey, I just I started dabbling. I'm an amateur comedian. I'm just starting out. I think that that's fine. But no. I don't think you can call yourself a comedian even the first year. I wouldn't imagine, oh, I'm a comedian. I would say I, I do comedy. Or if someone's like, oh, I hear you're a comedian now. You're like, oh, I started out. We're going to see what happens. I love going to open mics and see. I mean, you could do it that way. But I would, I, I would think it would be crazy, you know, if you do like two open mics and you're walking around with a fucking leather jacket saying I'm a comedian. It's hilarious. Um, you know, you, you saw like one Eddie Murphy. You're wearing a you know, all leather suit. Yeah. <laughs> But um, that's a good question. So, no, and I don't think you need to be paid all the time to say you're a comedian. But I like the I like saying, yeah, man, I just started dabbling in comedy or like, you know, after a certain amount of months, I'm an amateur comedian now trying out. Because, look, if you bomb every time you go on stage for a couple of months, you're not a com you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're trying comedy. Do you know what I mean? So I think a level of it means you got to start improving and getting good and saying this is something that you can do before you even talk about um, that stuff. But I would encourage everybody to not worry about what they're being called. I would encourage anybody out there that, you know, thought about dabbling in comedy and wanted to really do this with their life or try it to just go out there and try it and then let the chips fall where they may and then you'll be able to really understand where you're at, if it's something that was meant for you, something that you should do. Is it a tough life? Yes, it's a tough life. It's a fun life um, and it's really a much tougher if you're not good at it and if you're not improving at it because then you really need to make some decisions. But I think those decisions come early and you'll know. You know, I would know 
you know, somebody told me, there's one comedian, we're at a barbecue, Joe DeVito, shout out to him, super funny. Still has one of the funniest fat jokes I ever heard. He goes, you know you're fat when you're like, oh, God, I can't wait to get out of these sweatpants, <laughs> which is ridiculously funny. I actually almost shit my pants, literally. I had to go to the bathroom, and when I heard that in a car, I was begging my friend to pull over and find like a hotel or somewhere off the side of the road so I could take a shit because I thought I was going to shit myself. Um, but he said, Joe DeVito said, he's been doing comedy probably 20 years or whatever, close, and he said, uh, you know, a comedian will figure it out within like a year and a half, or that's what he heard that they say. But I think it's even sooner than that. I think you'll know even sooner than that, you know. Me, my first time, I didn't have anything written down, and I thought I could freestyle a set like an idiot. And then the next week, I signed myself up for the open mic again. I went back prepared, and I had a great time, and I got laughs, and things went well. And then it started to just progress, and I started to become, you know, I wanted to be tops of my class of whatever level I was at. So if I was in the 10 times on stage group, then I wanted to be the best of everybody who's only been on stage 10 times. And that's how I've always looked at my career. But if you go out there and you start thinking there's something there, I remember early in my career, these guys walked up to me and they go, man, you just have it. You just have it. And I really wasn't ready, but I know what they were saying. They were saying you have the ability, like it's just a natural thing for you. And that meant a lot to me. And I think that you'll find that. You'll find that this is something that is like, oh man, I could, I can, I'm naturally okay with this. So now let me just get better. Or you're going to find like, I don't belong on stage telling jokes. I'm just, it just doesn't feel right. So that's, that's my answer to that. But, um, I hope that helped. Great question for the show. Awesome. Thank you, and uh, thanks for the write-in. Happy New Year to all you guys, by the way. Okay, here we go. This is unacceptable from Colton. And Colton, <laughs> Colton sent a picture of a toilet, but the mat in front where your feet go down, if like you're sitting, is a little putting green. And I don't know... So you basically can sit while you're taking it while you're on the bowl. You could literally be taking a shit with a baby putter and a little cup and a plastic ball. And you can just tap the golf. <laughs> you could just tap the golf ball in the cup while you're pooping. You can practice it. And he says unacceptable. Um, and I got to be honest, it kind of is. I mean, how much do you need to love golf? You can't just go to the bathroom. Are you going to rush to take a shit, th throw your pants down? And then just grab the putter and just sit there and do it. Like I, it, it is a little, if it's a gag and funny, fine. But the ad doesn't show that. The ad like shows somebody like holding a putter like the right way, trying to put this little plastic thing in. It's hilarious. Thank you. For the <laughs> that was a funny visual. Thank you for that. And here we go. Let's do this. Uh, this last one will be Christmas, uh, Christmas story from Matthew. Where are we on time here? Okay, we're almost 40 minutes. All right. All right, so here we go. Um, Matthew says, Christmas story. Hey, Paul, I have a fun Christmas story for you. You've always take, uh, We've always taken our kids to see Santa at different places during the holidays over the years, but this year uh, we upped our game big time. A couple of weeks ago, we paid to have a professional Santa make an appearance, uh, uh, wow, make a personal uh, visit to our house. We were originally doing it for my wife's uh, photography business so she could have a bunch of kids come take pictures with Santa and make some extra Christmas money, but we said fuck it and just use this time for our kids to have a personal meet and greet with old Saint Nick and ask him everything they wanted. 
My daughter is four. My son is seven. Oh, my God. This is already great. We had to get uh, our own story straight for this, though. We didn't leave a shred of evidence. I typed a letter from Santa on some cool Christmas letterhead I found online and told him to be ready for a magical surprise at 2.30. My wife uh, stuck it on the door before she went uh, to pick up our daughter from preschool. When they found it, my daughter flipped out. My wife checked our, uh, checked our son out of school early to get ready for this um, mysterious surprise, and I left work early. We all got dressed up and waited. Uh, they didn't know what was coming because the letter didn't uh, specify that Santa himself was coming. <laughs> uh, and then the big guy came. This guy is a professional, Paul. He wasn't a fat fuck with a fake beard. This guy looked legit like Santa. I was, uh, I attached a picture to the email. Yeah, I know. I saw it. It's crazy. Picture to the email so you could see. He had it all. Not just the red suit and hat. He had his uh, bag that looked 300 years old. And he had glasses uh, at the tip of his nose. He even brought uh, jingle bells, Paul. Jingle bells. I got to say, Paul, this guy almost made me a believer until I had to hand him the cash when he walked out. This guy's story was airtight. My kids were asking him every question they could think of as he uh, lied like a gangster. How old are you, Santa? Bam. 865, he fires back. My kids could not stop smiling and made it worth every penny. My little girl poured her heart out to the big guy. She asked if he was bringing them presents, and he said he would as long as they stay on the good list. My daughter kept smiling and confessed, but sometimes we get out of bed and play with Legos when we're not supposed to. Santa just brushed it off like a pro, but she wouldn't let it go. We do it a lot, Santa, <laughs> all the time. Uh, dude, this is great. This is so great. Uh, we do it every night, Santa. My wife and I didn't even know this. Santa just smoothly changed the subject like he's hosting a talk show, assuring that she's on the good list. Oh, this is so great. We even had Santa bring the elf on the shelf for them. Uh, this is our first year doing it because it always seemed creepy to me, but we're going all in this year. Uh, I left two of those little elves... Uh, by some bushes near our driveway so Santa could pick them up on his way in. Uh, at the perfect time towards the end of the visit, Santa reached into the bag and gave uh, each of them an elf on the shelf. Uh, then something else really cool happened a few days later that we did not anticipate. We took the kids to a local uh, Christmas parade and they got to uh, and they had a blast collecting candy and watching uh, all the floats go by. But at the very end, just when the kids were about to collapse from exhaustion, the grand finale came. It wasn't a generic Santa Claus on the top of the fire truck. Uh, we were close enough to, to tell that it was the same fucking Santa that we hired to come to our house. Our kids lost their minds. They were screaming, Santa, 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 we know him, we know him. Uh, I don't know if or how we'll keep it up to top this year. But it was fun as hell. That is awesome. On a different note, I wanted to tell you thanks for the advice and support you gave uh, when I wrote in about doing an open mic. It really meant 
uh, a lot to me. I told my wife all about my plans, and she's totally supportive, although she wants to be there when I do it for the first time. That's great. Or not, but probably great. Uh, The thought of bombing in front of her makes me more nervous, but we talked about it, and she really wants to share the experience with me, which I get. So I'm going to keep preparing... um, my five minutes through December, and I'm going to hit the mic the first week of January, like you said. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Paul. Hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Be sure to give something extra to your lawn guy. He sounds awesome, Matthew. Well, dude, that was, I mean, what that was, that's getting, that gets the applause. That was amazing. That's a great story. Um, yeah. It's funny we did the um, we did the elf on a shelf too, and um, my wife said she goes Paul you got to bring the elf you make sure you move the elf on the shelf, but stupid me I didn't know when she meant move it I meant just move it to another location because it was the day after Christmas, so I just moved it to another room, and then we were just like no no he wanted to see you off and stuff so we worked it out but uh, anyway <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, just listen. You're not going to bomb in front of your wife because there's no such thing as bombing when you never did it before. It's almost like you're supposed to. Everything else is gravy, so you got to look at it that way. Just go up and tell the jokes and have fun with it and, and, and you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Enjoy it, you know, and just keep going and, and have a good time with it. But that's awesome, and I'm glad that that worked out. I wanna, I'm wanna. i at 45 minutes here, guys. I want to wrap this up because it's New Year's Eve pretty soon, so... um. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you all. Thank you guys all for the write-ins too, man. Everybody that wrote in this year, whether it was an unacceptable or an acceptable or just a story. Like I said, people were just telling stories and asking for advice and stuff. And that's what I want to do, um, on the re- especially on the regular podcast. The Patreon thing, like I said, we're looking to... We're looking to definitely, uh, I'm going to do something. We're going to change it a little bit and it's going to be um, different, but I think you guys are going to love it. Um, and I'm going to make that announcement early in uh, 2019. We're putting that together now. Uh, but thank you guys for, for doing this. But we're not done. I got some more stuff here. Uh, NFL playoffs. I'm going to give you guys my picks, and this is what I'm going to pick for Capper Network. I like the Chargers. Um, I like the Bears. Yeah, I like the Chargers. I like the Bears. I like... Um, you know, I don't know about Dallas and the Seahawks. I feel like my mind is clouded because I just, you know, Dallas is at home, but the Seahawks fight, so I'm going to take the Seahawks. And then um, what's the other one? What's the other one? I'll tell you guys in a second what the other one is. These are my picks, though, for Wild Card Weekend at least. All right, then I'm going to tell you guys about some movies I saw, do some plugs, and get the hell out of here so uh, I don't get uh, divorced. What are we going to do? What's the other one? Oh, and the, the Colts and the Texans, and I like the Colts. So there you go. I like the Colts. I like the Chargers. I like the Bears. And I like the Seahawks. Those are my picks for sports. Uh, rough year for the Giants, but like I said, Barkley, that was great to see. And there you have it. Um, guys, I saw three things. I don't know if I mentioned An Innocent Man. I loved. It was crazy. The story was crazy. Um, The more I learn, and I think it's a really good thing that uh, Netflix and these documentaries show it, but I didn't realize that a false confession is a very, very popular thing. 
A false confession is something that happens a lot because these people are, don't, are too dumb to say, hey, I need a lawyer. I'm not saying a word. So back in the, a long time ago, they would just talk and the, the cops would, hey, do you want a Coke? Do you want to smoke a cigarette? Go ahead. I just wanted some questions. And they have you in there for fucking 10 hours until you basically were so tired and they would talk in circles. And you'd, one guy was like, I had a dream. And he was like, what, what would your dream be? And like he said this thing that he did, which he didn't do, and they ended up convicting the guy. The guy's been in jail for 30 fucking years. Anyway, um, innocent man I loved. Took my son and daughter to see the new animated Spider-Man movie. And it was all right. You know, it was a lot of, you know, it was it was crazy and all kinds of stuff. But it was like the, the graphics were sick. The story was pretty cool. You know, good music. Nice little twist to it. How there's a different Spider-Man in different dimensions. Liked it think you'll enjoy it but visually it was awesome so i would go see it just for the visual stuff especially if you're a marvel or spider-man fan that's i'll say that um the one i want to talk about a little more is bird box now this is a gonna be a hilarious review because i don't even know what to think about it the first time i saw it i loved it i actually only saw it once and i loved it i go oh my god this is a good movie this is great this is that then i spoke to my little brother you ever like a movie and then you talk to somebody and then after you talk to them, you're like, oh, like he was like, ah, I didn't really like it. And I go, why? I was like, cause, dude, that would that, that could never happen. And like, and and he made me think of some things. So a little spoiler alert. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, if you did, you could fast forward to the part where I just do the plugs. But I'm gonna basically get into it um, and and give it away now. So basically, Sandra Bullock is like this single pregnant woman. And she's kind of a recluse. She's an artist. And her sister like tries to get her out of the house or whatever. And they look on the TV and they're like, oh my God, these mass suicides in Russia are still happening. Apparently like, thousands of people just keep killing themselves. So they go to the doctor to see her, the, the, what the baby is or how the baby's doing. And in the hospital, they see one woman who just starts bashing her head against glass and blood's going everywhere. And she runs in the car while her sister's waiting. And she goes, oh my God, that stuff that's happening in Russia, it's happening here. Just go home. Just go home. And like the, the streets start getting flooded. People start killing themselves all over the place. And then you see the sister look up and go, oh my God, look at that. And her eyes get all weird. And then she tries crashing on purpose, gets out of the car after the crash, just steps in front of a truck. And Sandra Bullock's like, what the fuck? And then like all these people, and then they, they bring her into this house. A woman tries helping her, but then the woman sees it and then just walks into a burning car and burns to death. It was John Malkovich's wife whose house he she was trying to drag her into. Long story short, all these people end up in John Malkovich's house. They close the blinds. They're trying to figure out what's going on. If you go outside and you open your eyes and you see anything outside, you kill yourself. You just mass, you know. Um, and my little brother goes, yeah. He goes, didn't you find it funny that nobody was like that emotional about the people killing themselves? And then she did something where she had kids and she had to get into a boat on a river, but they all needed to be blindfolded because they would have killed themselves or been got screwed up if they saw this thing. And they're on a boat for like 38 hours on the river without seeing. And in, in, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, like 19 minutes into that thing, the boat would have flipped and they would have drowned. Or they would have just been like, fuck it, I got to look, I got to take my, you know, I got to take my blindfold off and we're all going to die. You know, it, it was so, so looking at it that way, however... Not being a dick and trying to go with the story. It was very original. I liked it. Now, people, it reminded me of a little I Am Legend. It reminded me a little of what was the one, The Quiet Place. It had aspects of other movies, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool um, and different. But, yes, it does have holes in it. I will say this, though. Entertaining as shit. And as soon as you watch it, I think you'll like it. So there you have it. 
I give all of those. Uh, Innocent Man was great. Spider Man, if you're into that stuff, great. Even though it's animated, and Bird Box is just a bunch of people offing themselves when they look in the sky, uh, or they they're blindfolded and shit. I mean, completely unrealistic, but really good and entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in hindsight, like they would have flipped over in the river, the kids would have drowned, that she would have drowned. I mean, it, would, it was a joke. Um, and then there was a group of people that can, there was a group of people that can see. Uh, they were like crazy and they were able to like live and not kill themselves by seeing it. And they wanted other people to, and they called it like a cleansing or whatever. I don't know. I give, it's okay. You know, but there's something about, you know, there was something about the story that was both ridiculous and really kind of cool and different. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be scary though. If like people that you love just walked outside and they looked and they go look and then, you know, and then they off themselves. You know, it's almost like you got to all look together. They're like, I don't want to be the only one living in my house with the blinds down, knowing that everybody else I loved saw this thing and off themselves. Like maybe they went to some crazy place. You know what I mean? Like what am I, I'm sitting in my house with like, you know, six months later, I got like one can of green beans left, a can of tuna. I got a, you know, a beard, but water's not working. I got this long beard. I'm sitting there. I can't shower. And I'm going to be like, dude, I should have jumped. <laughs> now I can't even do anything. Uh, I don't know. I think you guys will, I think you guys will, uh, will enjoy it, but, um, yeah, so there you go. Th those are the movies. That's the sports. Uh, this is the last one of the years, guys. I, I want to wish you all a, uh, an amazing, happy and healthy health, obviously first over anything new year, both mentally healthy, physically healthy, being in a good place, make 2019, put all the bad shit behind you. Remember that, you know, you could put all the bad shit behind you. It gets better no matter what it is. Just look forward. Looking back doesn't make sense. All that corny cliche shit. Um, I want to have a good... Here's, here's one story. I'll leave you guys with this story because I might do this as a joke. I've never done this on stage yet. I haven't even wrote this in my phone or a notepad, but I'm just giving it to you guys because I love you guys. And this is going to be probably maybe another joke of mine for the next hour. I don't know. It might not translate to stage. I don't know yet, but I will tell you the thought. I will leave you with this funny thought. This will be the last funny story that I tell my podcast listeners for 2018. I was just in my car driving the other day, and I was just thinking about how hard it is for a, for a father to have a daughter because of certain things, right? You know, they're going to get older. They're going to start dating boys. You know what boys' intentions are. You know, all of a sudden, you know, just it's just you know it is what it is you just worry about it like if you have boys you don't really worry about somebody that's gonna you know could potentially take advantage of this beautiful little girl that you have so I'm in the car I don't know if I'm tired my mind is just running you know when you're tired your mind's running or you're in the shower and you just I'm just I'm in the car and I'm thinking to myself there's been a good father out there there's been good fathers out there who have daughters who become strippers so I literally went to this place where I found out my daughter was a stripper, found out where she was stripping at, okay, drove there with a blanket, jump on stage, like while she's like, while it's her song and shit, put a fucking blanket over her, tried dragging her out, she's fighting with me, dad, don't tell me, like, you don't fucking do this, you're my daughter, the owner comes out, and the owner's like, who do you think you are, this is, you take that shit outside, this is my fucking establishment, there's a big thing, there's like a gun, the guy pulls out a gun, I'm fighting him, there's this big thing, a bouncer tries hitting me with something, dragging me out, I'm like, you fuck, this is my daughter, and I, it's a big thing, crying, and, uh, and then I just like snapped out of it, and realized my daughter's six, 
and I need to get a hold of myself. But like I literally took it to not only her doing it and me being upset, but the actual night I found out and what I would do. And um, there must be a joke there, but it's also scary because then I'm like, there's been a good father, a supportive father whose daughter did this and he found out about it and was devastated. That must have and had to have happened. And uh, so that's my fear. And uh, that's what happened. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I don't know. I figured I would just share that with you guys. Um, for shows, guys, please also, please, honestly, um, you guys know I only work with the best and nicest people and people that I believe in. Capper Network is amazing, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. The playoffs are coming. Why wouldn't you sign up for Capper Network for free? Just go to it right now. Get a login and just pick the games for the playoffs, and you don't even have to worry about betting money. You could just watch and see if your predictions are right. I mean, it doesn't make sense to not do it, and they're great people. All things comedy support them. You know how great they are for comedy. Um, all shows, guys, I'm going to be going to a ton of places, Arizona, West Palm Beach, Florida, Boston, uh, Rhode Island. Uh, we're looking at stuff out west too. I'm going to be doing New York. I'm going to be doing New Jersey. I'm going to be doing um, uh, casinos in Connecticut, Mohegan Sun. Just a bunch of stuff already on the books for 19 and uh, more is coming. So please check out the new Paul Versey website. You can still also see my special, uh, Paul Versey. I'll say this on uh, ComedyCentral.com. It's on my website. You could see all that, guys. Um, and I'm going to be making the announcement for the Patreon coming up soon. But uh, please, uh, thank you guys so much for... Uh, be, please be safe. Thank you guys so much for the support and everything. And I will talk to you guys in 2019. Uh, take care. Uh, until 385, I am out of here. Thanks.